This is Tim Weston, and you are listening to the Full 10 Yards Podcast. You're listening to the Full 10 Yards Podcast with your host, Timothy Lambert-Monk. Yes, we welcome you in to another episode of the Full 10 Yards Podcast. It is Thursday, the 25th of October, Podcast 52, uh, racking up those podcasts. Um, thank you all so much for joining us. Good show in front of us today. Of course, we have our co-host Lee Wakefield alongside us to preview all the Week 8 games coming up on Sunday and obviously Monday Night Football as well. Uh, but we'll also be giving you some fancy uh, advice along the way through the matches. And of course, we have the betting corner where we will give you all the tips and all the betting advice you need for Week 8. Uh, I am myself. I'm going to Wembley to the Eagles and Jags game, so hoping for a good one there. But uh, Lee, before we get into all that, we'll uh, we'll go through some uh, injuries and some news uh, around the NFL. But how have you been the last couple of days? Yeah, not bad actually. Yeah, pretty good. Um, can't complain about anything actually. So yeah, good. How about yourself? Um, I, well, I can still complain about Mar- Amari Cooper, but I won't do that. Um, if, you, if you if anyone wants to hear hear about the complaints, go, go, go back to the last episode and, and listen to that. Um, but yeah, don't forget you can follow us on Twitter at Full Ten Yards and, and our personal accounts, obviously are at Tim underscore Monk eighty five and at Wakefield ninety. Uh, don't know about you, Lee, but I've, there's, a, there's a massive discrepancy between our followers on our at Full Ten Yards and, and my personal account. Um, so yeah, anyone out there that wants to follow me as well, that'd be great to make me feel make me feel important. I don't know how many followers you have, Lee. Uh, it's over a thousand, I think. Oh, what? Screw you. <laughs> screw, screw you. Um, and obviously, don't forget, whilst you're, whilst you're over there, you can take advantage of the you know, couple of days left now of our free NFL jersey giveaway. A couple of people did it today from what I saw on my notifications. So, yeah, your chance to win an NFL jersey of your choice. Just go onto our pinned tweet there and follow all the instructions. Uh, and also, we uh, announced on the podcast on tu- uh, on Tuesday, although it was released released on Wednesday, that we are uh, from next week. We'll have a new face or a new person to the full ten yards family. Scott McKay, uh, obviously introduced him on the podcast last week, uh, or the last time up, but he will be on the podcast next week, hopefully, so we can get to uh, to know a bit more about him. He's going to be writing some articles for us on the fantasy side, so that that frees us up to talk more about football. So that's exciting. Uh, don't forget, you can introduce the show as well, like Tim Weston did today. Day. If you want to introduce the show, either send us a slide into our DMs, send us a voice file of you uh, introducing the show, or go head over to our voice bite. Uh, I'll post that out on Twitter once this goes up as well. I'd love to have some of the listeners introduce the podcast. That would be fantastic. Um, I think that's pretty much all the housekeeping. Uh, was there any housekeeping from you? Yeah, I was just, just going to give a reminder to everyone. Obviously, we've got the new, we've got the, the jersey competition going on. Um, that's only going to be running for another week or so. We're going to stop that at the end of the month and then obviously draw the winner. So obviously, uh, limited time left to get into that. So just make sure you don't miss out, really. Yeah, absolutely. And say in November, we'll probably do something a little bit different as well. Uh, might do it around the uh, introductions or the voice bites. We'll get you try and get you more involved. Maybe we'll do, we'll do a mailbag uh, mailbag month and people get get people to send in there. Their mailbag questions and the best one, maybe we'll get a prize for that. But uh, that's November. Let's t- bring it back to now. Let's t- bring it back to week eight. Uh, but so there, before we get into the, into the week eight games, just a couple of bits of news and notes to give you. Rob Gonkowski uh, has returned to, to practice, obviously back spasms last week and obviously has a history of 
back injuries, but I w- if I if I had to put my money on, I don't think he'll play on Monday. Uh, obviously, you know, want to take it a bit easy with him. He's a star player of that team and of that passing offense. So, you know, they're going to be making it to the postseason as they always do, and they're going to be making a deep run into it. So, obviously, Gronkowski, you know, you don't want to be uh, taking too many chances with him. Really, uh, is that good advice? I suppose that's the best way to go with Gronk, Haley. Yeah, definitely. You got a nursing through. Obviously, the Pats are probably going to make the postseason, um, and then just keep him fresh and as healthy as possible. Obviously, he's pretty much got chronic injuries now with his back, especially. Yeah. We try to keep him fresh as possible for the postseason because uh, obviously it's a great weapon to have in those mismatches against the better defenses around the league. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And another injury bit of news: Bilal Powell. Um, Todd Bowles came out and obviously said that uh, potentially his neck injury was life-threatening. Obviously. Uh, corrected that today, but he said he is a similar injury to Quincy Nimwal uh, last season. So obviously Bilal Powell now done for the season. So we will see him. Hopefully he can make a quick recovery, and we will see him uh, next season. Uh, final bit of news from my side, Lee. I know you have a couple of bits yourself, but Giants uh, signed Corey Coleman, uh, the wide receiver. He was signed to the practice squad last week, so um, they've signed uh, signed him to the to the full team now. Uh, it's not really wide receivers they need in that team. It's uh, pretty much everything else on the offensive line and on defense. So. Whether that warrants to be a bit of news, I don't know. Uh, but obviously, uh, the Giants, Lee, someone went out the exit door. Well, a couple of people have uh, in, in uh, the last couple of days. We've got, obviously, Eli Apple, who's yep. gone over to the Saints for a couple of picks. Uh, I think it was a fourth and a seventh off the top of my head. Mm. Uh, sort of get the, the bad apple, if you like, out of the big wait, apple. Wait. Uh, obviously, never been uh, too popular in that locker room, it seems. They've ripped, uh, they've ripped the core out of the defence. Sorry? They've ripped the core out of the defence. Yeah, <laughs> not quite. <but> he, <laughs> yeah, nice pun. Um, yeah, so he's obviously he's not he's not really justified that first round uh, value that they got him for, and they've shipped him off to the Saints. Um, just you know, a fresh start sometimes is, is better for players. And obviously, New York can rebuild, and they probably want to dump a few, you know, a little bit like the Dolphins, I guess, just sort of dump the bad characters. Yeah. And the people who are on too much money. Yeah. And speaking of people with a bit too much money, um, the second trade out of New York was obviously Damon Snacks Harrison uh, moving to the Lions. Uh, again, I think that's for a fifth and another pick, perhaps. I can't remember, but it's definitely a fifth. Um, you know, it's another it's another big dump for the the Giants to do on the more of a salary side rather than character side. I think Snacks has already been thought of a, as a pretty high character player, good leader in the locker room. But he's only $8 million a year and he's a two damn run stuff. So, you know, it's not something you need as a rebuilding franchise. So, yeah, we've got that. Those out of New York. And then finally, obviously, Patrick Peterson's a lot of trade was about him at the moment going out of Arizona. And, you know, will he, won't he? Is he asking for it? Is he not? And it seems he's not. It seems he's quite happy. It seems he's frustrated at the team. Uh, I think his quote was just look at the record, which obviously is poor. Uh, but it seems like he wants to be a Cardinal uh, for at least time being, at least. Um, and then we'll see how that moves on as the season progresses, obviously, and as his career progresses more so because the trade deadline's obviously only in a few days' time. Yeah, absolutely. I just want to circle back yeah, to... I, oh, go on. No, I was just saying, keep, keep, keep an eye on that one. Yeah, I, I think it's all a bit of a smokescreen, a bit, a bit maybe to drive the price up, maybe. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not too sold on that. And also, obviously, like Larry Fitzgerald, I wouldn't be surprised if he's uh, a guy that goes under the radar and gets traded. No, he's not going to go under the radar, but you know, he could be a surprise name moving because obviously it's probably his last season. I know he's been he's been dogged by hamstring injuries like, like myself. I know what that feels like, obviously, being a pro athlete that I am. Um, but yeah, you know, if you're Larry Fitzgerald, you know, 
why not try and you know go for that ring in your last season, have a bit of a heyday, and I know you probably want to retire a Cardinal and all, and all that, but you can do all that kind of afterwards. So it wouldn't, be, it wouldn't surprise me to see him go to a, to a, a big contending team, uh, maybe that's a bit short uh, of wide receivers. Um, team a team off the top of my head doesn't really come to mind, but maybe I know uh, Patriots or Patriot. Imagine him with the Patriots. Although I know that they've got Julian Edelman, but. Yeah, wouldn't surprise to see me, uh, you know, uh, Larry Fitzgerald move uh, before the trade led on, which you say is obviously next week. But also, the other thing I wanted to bring up is obviously the Saints giving up all their their draft picks uh, for next season. Obviously, they gave up their first round in last year's draft or you know, this year's draft as it is uh, on Marcus Davenport. So yeah, their twenty nineteen uh, you know, draft draft class is not going to be looking uh, very busy. No, no, exactly. Um, it's just to sort of. I think the way that it's all weighed up, and with we mentioned in last podcast about Drew Brees getting these records. I think Drew Brees is hanging it up uh, at the end of the season and then just trying to get as much talent around him as they possibly can yeah. this this run at the Super Bowl this year. Mm. And, you know, if they get it or not, I think he'll hang him up and they'll re-sign Teddy Bridgewater and then move forward. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think that, I think I think so too. Um, yeah, remains to be seen whether or not they can do it this season. Uh, but yeah, certainly Drew Brees is, is going for another Super Bowl title before he hangs his cleats up. Let's talk about week eight now, Lee. Uh, I'll start off, obviously, with the London game that I'll be visiting. The three and four Philadelphia Eagles, um, uh, the home team, obviously, the Jacksonville Jaguars, in air quotes. Uh, It's quite an interesting one, this one. Um, It's quite a big game, obviously, both three and four. Need to keep tabs, obviously. Philadelphia needs to keep tabs on Washington. Jacksonville needs to keep tabs in the AFC South, which is very, very winnable still, uh, despite their position. Jacksonville, obviously, struggled last couple of games. Seven points, seven points, 14 points on offense. Uh, obviously, this game kicks off at 1.30, so remember to just check your lineups if you've got any guys uh, in in this game to make sure you either put them in or take them out. Just make you know, just keep that obviously in mind. But yeah, th- this game, I don't, I don't actually see many points in this one, to be honest. And from a fantasy perspective, I don't like it at all, to be quite honest. Only a couple of people I'm starting here. But the Jacksonville Jaguars, you know, statistically still have you know best in the league in terms of yards given up on defense, 179 yards per game. Um, uh, sorry, 301 yards per, per, uh, per game in, in total. Uh, but against the rush, 170 uh, against the rush against the pass, 179.7. But last couple of games, obviously, you've seen the cracks there, Jalen Ramsey, and you know the pressure. No, no one's really getting to the quarterback. Um, but Philadelphia, obviously, aren't quite the same team uh, as last season. Their second second best uh, defense in rush yards allowed as well of 85.7. So Carlos Hyde, obviously, who's been traded over there from the Cleveland Browns, could have a struggle. As the same goes for T.J. Yeldon, obviously, with Fournette out for the foreseeable future. Uh, but obviously, this Philadelphia is all about the offense last season. But they've only scored 23 points or more twice in the seven games this season. Um, and you know, from a fantasy perspective, I'm, I'm struggling to really start anyone. But I suppose you know, Wentz is, is coming back into his own self. Looked okay last week. Uh, for the most part, but Philadelphia Eagles' uh, defense is probably the most exciting fantasy player, player piece to to start on the, in this game, which sucks really. <laughs> yeah, it's not how we want to start the podcast, is it? Talking about starting a defense over, you know, the Super Bowl champions' <laughs> offensive players, which obviously would be fantastic last year. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's not. I don't know. I, I hope it's a good game for you. I really do. Uh, but yeah, like you say, it might might not be. Uh, both teams really talented on paper, but. On the on the field, they've not put it together either of them uh, this year really so far, apart from you know in spits and spats. Yeah. Um, just circling back to what we talked about about trades. Um, how about Larry Fitzgerald to the Eagles? Because they went after Amari Cooper, mm. um, and then you know they they're not as strong as last year. Obviously, probably not going to defend their Super Bowl title. And we're trying to get Fitz a ring, but you know they're obviously in the market for wide receiver at some point, and have that sort of 
gap in their roster possibly in their mind. So yeah. you know. Yeah, obviously Aguilar's not played as well as, as he has did obviously did last season. So yeah, that's an interesting shout. It depends, obviously, um, Harry Roseman and and you know Doug Pedersen they like they like uh, making a statement. So yeah, we're nice to see, but that's not, not not a bad shout whatsoever. All right, uh, what game? What game have you got first up? Uh, I've got Denver KC. Yeah. So obviously this is uh, this is our bet. Oh uh, yeah. Ahead. Oh, uh, obviously, I can't see anything. <laughs> Going uh, another way other than Kansas victory, to be honest. Um, yeah. Now, obviously, the, the final nail in, the, in our preseason bet, I would yeah. say. Yeah, we need to we need to get someone. We need to get a, a forfeit uh, sorted out. We do, yeah. 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 yeah we need to any any any, any listeners out there that want to have a good forfeit thing, uh, yeah, to, to suggest, uh, ping it over to us, and uh, we'll 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 do the best one. We'll do the best forfeit. It's got to be decent, yeah. not, you know, not nothing nothing stupid and silly, but you know, it's got to be it got to be fairly decent. Maybe something funny rather than rather than you know embarrassing or yeah, whatever. Yeah. I, I just I, um, I, I embarrass myself enough anyway, so. <laughs> um, yeah, so just going back to the game, uh, Denver aren't terrible, but I just think Casey are just blowing people out of the water every week at the moment. And obviously, we, we talked about like their defense not being up to like up to scratch, especially if they're going to go you know, all the way. But, but it's it's kind of academic at the moment. They they're just sort of blowing teams out of the water so much that the defense doesn't really matter. Just maybe it's sort of like well they're papering up the crack with you know with that high powered offense, um, you know. And as much as I want to see the wheels fall for Chiefs wagon, I just can't see it happening this week. I don't think Denver the the team to trouble them. Um, you know, for Denver a loss puts them at three and five. And in that position, you kind of looking at the second half of the season, thinking they've got to have a really good second half of the season, and um, you know to make the playoffs. And, you know, the season's on the line a little bit. Maybe that'll inspire them. We might wishful thinking on my part because, you know, Arrowhead obviously is a very, very tough place to go and get a win. Um, so for this one, if you were talking about starts and sits, uh, I would just start all your Chiefs. I don't see uh, the Denver defence, although it's, you know, it's decent. I don't see them putting up uh, too much of a fight. I think Kansas City have got too many options and just playing too well at the moment. Uh, so I think, yeah, get your Chiefs in. Would you and, Would uh, you start Would you start then? Would you start Alshon Jeffrey or Sammy Watkins? Oh, I would go for Alshon, to be fair. Yeah, me too. Because I don't think Sammy Watkins has been the focal point of the Kansas offence. Um, hmm. Playing quite a supplementary role at oh, the yeah. moment. Um, but I'm definitely sort of clicking into the gear and being the number one target after Zach Ertz, I would say. Number yeah. one wide receiver, at least. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, just obviously, obviously the Jeff Jeffrey has uh, Jaguars uh, as the matchup. So I was just uh, just getting the lay of the land there with, with those two. So, yeah. Well, at the moment, with current form, I'd... You can't really sort of give too much to the Jags, to be fair. You no, know? no. They're not playing well, so until they prove otherwise, you've just got to keep rolling, you know, and considering the poor defence at the moment. Mm. Yeah. All right. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously the Denver Broncos run them quite close when they, the reverse fixture this season, obviously a mile high, but um, yeah, this one... Uh, Arrowhead could be could be uh, could be a totally different story with that crowd and uh, that momentum that they seem to be building there. Okay, cool. Let's move on to who have I got here? Do, 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 the NFC East battle: four and two Washington Redskins head off to MetLife Stadium to meet the one and six New York Giants. Again, Washington defense uh, were really dominant last week. Uh, their fifth in total defense, three hundred twenty-five yards given up per game. 
A couple of injury bits on the Washington side. Jamison Crowder's going to be out for this one. And I think Paul Richardson's questionable. I think he's uh, practiced in limited fashion this week. So I expect a, a good Jordan Reed game here. Uh, New York Giants are pretty much just awful, to be honest. They're 30th in rushing offense, eight, uh, just 83 yards per game uh, they take up here. So uh, when you when you pair that with the Washington defense, who would give up the third least uh, yards per on the, on the ground, it's not. It's not. It's not going to be a remedy for success for Barkley on the ground. Obviously, he. You know, he's. He's matchup proof. He can get all his stuff through the air. Just look at his stats and his. You know, PPR stats for the for the fantasy football season. So you're still okay starting Saquon Barkley, but I wouldn't be starting Eli Manning. Uh, not in the month of Sundays. Uh, and obviously Odell Beckham Jr. You, you have to start him because you drafted him in the first or second round. So you know you're not going to be uh, not going to be sitting OBJ. Had that that late touchdown last week against uh, Atlanta. Alex, Alex Smith, uh, I'm probably benching this one as well. He's not been playing very well this season at all. And obviously with no no uh, much threat in the way of wide receivers, it's going to kind of limit his ceiling from a fantasy perspective. Um, Evan Ingram could be a post hype sleeper. Obviously came back from injury last week. Um, he could be uh, you know kind of a, a sleeper under the radar pick for. For DFS, maybe. Uh, he could get a lot of targets. Obviously, that O-line there in New York is not great whatsoever. No, not at all. Um, I think the Skins will take this, but like you say, he's not really got a semblance of a wide receiving call, to be honest. It's quite poor. Mm. Uh, but the Giants are just hot garbage at the moment, so I don't think they'll be, they'll be troubling anyone anytime soon. No, absolutely. And I've just realised that we usually give the uh, total points and the handicap lines out, so I'll just quickly go back through those. So, Philadelphia... Uh, Jacksonville just sent me the list up. That's really bad on my part. I do apologise. Uh, game lines. I think it's quite low, Philadelphia, Jacksonville. Yeah, uh, Philadelphia, three-point favourites. Over-under is 42. Um, Denver, Kansas City. K- Kansas City, 10-point favourites. My word. Uh, yeah, that's quite quite high. That's quite a high one. But, um, yeah, you know, you wouldn't back, you wouldn't back uh, Denver plus 10, would you? But um, over-under there, 53.5, which is lower than most other games in recent history for the Kansas City Chiefs. And then just to finish off that trifecta there, the New York Giants, New York Football Giants, are one-point favourites. Um, not quite sure. I'm not quite sure why uh, that is the case. I'll be all over Washington plus one, I think there. Uh, over under is 42 and a half. Just to give you the update there on those games. So next up for you, Lee, Cleveland and Pittsburgh. Uh, yes, that's correct. So yeah, this uh, I think this might sound strange. Obviously, after Browns have come off and lost the books last week and. Obviously, beat down from the Chargers the week before. I think this is going to be quite close, to be honest, at Heinz Field. Uh, the Browns have played everyone pretty tough all year, to be honest. Obviously, they tied Pittsburgh to open the, the, the season. And then they've lost by three, won by three against the Saints, and then the Ravens beat the Jets by four, lost to the Raiders by three. So if you take the Chargers game out of it, they've got a points differential of only minus two, which obviously is, is obviously just signifies how close all their games have been. Obviously, four overtime games at the moment um, and counting. I wouldn't count this one out to be overtime as well, to be honest. Um, obviously, like I say, the Browns are keeping it really close. And couple that with the fact that Mike Tomlin, when he's been Steelers coach, has just found a way just to play down to inferior opposition so many times. I just, I don't think it just has a recipe for a very, very close game again. Mm. Uh, I think the, I think the Steelers will take it, but it won't be about a scare or two. I don't think. I think that it will be looking back at it maybe and thinking that the Browns could have won this one again. Uh, just like we've thought in all the games apart from the Chargers game, really. Yeah, absolutely. So I guess you'd be a fan of Cleveland plus eight then? Oh, yeah. Oh, massively, yeah. 100%. Mm. Uh, over under on this one is 49. Yeah, Pittsburgh off the bye. 
Uh, they can always do funky things off the buy, so it'd be interesting to see. Yeah, it's a, it's a stay away game from me, but certainly if you if you like Cleveland that much, plus eight certainly would appeal to you. Uh, next up on my list is another team in the AFC North at home. It's Cincinnati uh, off the beatdown from Kansas City last week. Four and three, um, host the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, three and three. Tampa Bay have the most yards per game uh, of any team this season, 449 yards per game. Obviously, that's uh, a lot to do with that is uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick, obviously, which seems many, many, many moons ago now. Um, yeah, blimey. But uh, yeah, prime prime uh, bounce back spot here for Cincinnati. I think you can pretty much start everyone uh, in this in this game for fantasy purposes. Uh, maybe the Tampa Bay Buccaneers backfield is a bit murky. Uh, Peyton Barber, I think he's a bit banged up, and Dirk Carter came out and said as much, but didn't really give up much else uh, apart from that. But on the Cincinnati side, starting Dalton, starting Mixon, starting AJ Green and Tyler Boyd and CJ Uzumar. Um, yeah, probably not the defences in this one. I don't think this one could be quite high. Tampa Bay Buccaneers are four-point underdogs and the over-under is 54.5 here. So, yeah, it should be a high-scoring one. should be quite an interesting game. Uh, but I, I expect Cincinnati to, to take it quite comfortably. Yeah, same. I would, I would imagine, yeah, the sort of scoreline that I'd imagine for this one would be sort of a, let's say, a high 30s for the Bengals and maybe like a low 20s, high teens for the Bucks. I don't think there's going to be much defence played in this one. Um, because both teams can light up as, as we've, we've sort of gone through there. Uh, you know, a few playmates on each side, and the, the books especially just can't defend. So, yeah, yeah. especially the pass, um, which obviously drafting two rookie corners hasn't obviously worked out for them uh, in this season. No. Um, but yeah, they've, I think they've lost Corn Alexander as well for the season. Yeah. Uh, so that linebacker cause had another blow. Yeah. Uh, I think that's an ACL injury, if I remember right. Uh, so yeah, they've just lost another another player, and they're the worst defense in the league statistically as it is anyway. So it's not good, is it? Yeah. Um, so yeah, one goal to take this one for me. Um, again, yeah, I totally agree. Start everyone. I uh, just want to mention just really quickly again, we sort of missed out what I was going to say about the Steelers Browns game. I'd start James Connor uh, because the Browns can't defend the run. So just a quick one on that one as well. Yeah, lovely stuff. Okay, uh, next up, Seattle at Detroit. The Golden Golden yeah. Tate revenge game. Yeah, yeah, isn't it? I think there's a couple actually that have, have gone between these franchises. Maybe not. I can't think of any other in my head now. No, I've said it. Anyway, never mind. Uh, I think the Lions will be quite buoyed up by their win uh, last week uh, in Miami. I think that'll give them a quite big boost. And also they're making it, trying to make it two in a row at Ford Field against the Seahawks. Um, although, like you say, we just talked about the bye with Pittsburgh. Uh, it's obviously just people some good a lot of the time, especially with the experienced coaches. Uh, Seattle coming off that bye and they'll be fresh ready to roll and I would say they're, they're probably the better team out of these two Seattle have been sneaky good this year I expected them to be sort of down dumps uh, after they've gone through a bit of a rebuild but you know, they've had quite a few players that have stepped up uh, more so than usual so I'm not saying they're great or anything I'm not saying that they're you know ready to challenge again in a couple of years they're still going through a bit of a rebuild but definitely been better than I expected mm-hmm. Um this one should be a battle of two two good quarterbacks. I don't care what you say about Matt Stafford. Matt Stafford is a good quarterback. Mm. Uh, with two sort of average defences. This is sort of, you know, fantasy uh, dreamland, really. If they want, you know, good good playmakers on each side. Uh, and then good quarterbacks with bad defences facing them, or average defence at least. Uh, but I'm back in the Lions at home, actually. I think they've got a few more playmakers around the QB. And carry on Johnson at the moment is on great form, so get him in your lineup. Uh, and obviously the wide receivers for... The Lions, Holiday, uh, Mavin Jones, uh, and then Golden Tate as well. Mm. Um, they can all have a great day on their day. Uh, so it's just a case of picking which one, really. 
But yeah, I've got the Lions actually in this one. How about yourself? Yeah, I mean, Detroit Lions, three-point favourites, and the over-under is 49. I think this is a bit of a trap game. I, I, I can't... I don't think it'd be as high scoring. I, I just got a funny feeling it'd be that kind of game that everyone, you know, everyone starts everyone in in fantasy, uh, and then just gets let down by most people. The uh, the only person I could think of that's played for both teams is Luke Wilson, the tight end. Uh, he got traded over in the off season from Seattle to um, to Detroit, didn't he? So I was I was trying to think about some others while you were talking, but I couldn't think of any more. But Luke Wilson, uh, he'll have to do, I'm afraid. But yeah, I mean, Matt Stafford, I traded him for him in uh, our dynasty league because I was in a bit of a pickle that uh, me, I managed to get him. So that was quite cool uh, for a very, very, fairly cheap price, in my opinion, second round pick. So um, yeah, but yeah, I've, whilst this could um, this could easily be a 70 pointer, Seattle have played quite tough on defense the last couple of weeks, and I don't know if it's because they played the Rams or if they played in London and kind of played up to the, the occasion a little bit, and maybe it's a bit of a letdown spot for them. But Detroit aren't the greatest on defense either; they can't defend the run. So if you manage to pick the right the right Seattle Seahawks running back, you should be uh, in for a good week. I, I would imagine it'd be Chris Carson. Uh, judging by the last couple of weeks, uh, he seemed to be taking over the backfield a little bit. But obviously, it's a three-way committee, and it's not anything I want a part of. So, um, not a game really excites me. I'm afraid to say. Uh, I don't know. I think this could be quite a decent game. I don't think it'll be super high scoring by any means, but I don't think it'll be really low scoring either. I think maybe both teams score in twenties, mm. and you'll see a few big plays. I think from both quarterbacks who are uh, you know prone to big plays. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think this one will be. Quite a decent one, actually. I might watch this. Obviously, we know Chargers games uh, this week. I might watch this one. Yeah. All right. Cool. What, time, what time is this game on? Uh, it's five o'clock. Oh, okay. Yeah. Is that is it with the Saints and Minnesota then? Uh, no. No, Saints Minnesota yeah. is the Sunday night game. Sunday night. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Cool. No, I might watch that one then. Yeah. Um, the, going back to who I was thinking about, um, possibly, I was thinking of like an offensive lineman. But I might be wrong, like I say. Anyway, we're spending far too much time <laughs> with me, sort of blaming my thoughts. Trying to find, trying to find uh, revenge. Where there's if, if I don't have anything better to do. Yeah, no, <laughs> we love, we just love revenge. Um, okay, me next up for me is another two defensively uh, stout teams: Baltimore at Carolina. Baltimore four and three. Carolina four and two. Betting on this one, Carolina are two point five underdogs at home. Uh, over under here is forty four. I think this one could be another defensive um, d- defensive game. I, I struggled to find some players to play in this one. Certainly won't be playing uh, Joe Flacco in this one. But quite an intriguing one. Both teams kind of need the win to keep on the coattails of of their respective divisions. Uh, so be quite interesting to see how you know how much they put into this one. Baltimore number one total defense, to, uh, only giving up 280 yards per game, which is uh, pretty decent if you can get it under 300. And obviously the number two in pass defense, only 190 as well. So Cam Newton certainly got his work cut out. Carolina are the number four in rush offense as well. So again, I don't, I don't really see much offense uh, in this game. So. From a fantasy perspective, Cam Newton, Christian McCaffrey, John Brown, I think, are pretty much match-proof and bulletproof uh, for fantasy. Although John Brown sometimes gives you a bit of a low one, but just judging by his season, you know, you can't really bench him in this spot. Can be a bit susceptible uh, in the secondary. Can Carolina? Uh, it's just obviously their run, their linebacking core with Luke Keekley and and their pass rush uh, as well. They're pretty decent. So it just depends if Joe Flacco, the uh, elite Super Bowl winning quarterback, it pains me to say, can get enough time to throw downfield. <laughs> to John Brown, but yeah, not really too much for me in this one. Be should be uh, a game that's won and lost in the trenches. I think the Ravens will shade this. To be honest with you, I don't think it would be a great game, like you say. I think no. it's quite defensive, no. but I think, I think the Ravens will shade it. Um, yeah, John Brown's obviously having a great season, um, and 
like you say, the Carolina sort of defensive scheme with their corners relies on it doesn't need great corners, so they don't have great corners. No, uh, it's all it's like a system that yeah. makes the, the team better in yeah. that respect. Yeah, uh, obviously if you get a, a player as fast and as on form as John Brown, if he's got a sort of substandard corner up against, I don't care how good the system is, if he can't coach pace, so. Uh, you know that could be the, the sort of chink in the armor that they might try and expose with uh, John Brown's speed uh, over the top. Um, and the other thing is that Caroline don't have a great pass rush either, and you know, the Ravens have a good offensive line, so Flacco might have a little bit more time than he's used to, mm. and that could be another reason where it's won and lost. Yeah, and Carolina have been very hot and cold this season. Obviously, yeah, they turned up in the fourth quarter at, at Philadelphia last week, and that was just about enough to to get it done. But I'm, for fantasy, I'm quite happy to play both defenses in this one. Don't think it'd be a high scorer. Yeah, no, I'd, I'd go along with that shout, definitely. Okay, next up for you, uh, Jets at Colts. I oh, know Jets at whoever they're playing. I haven't got it written down. Who have the Jets? Who have the Jets got? Jets have got the oh, Jets. Chicago. Yeah, Chicago. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean it's not geographically too far away. Again, no. I've just got on my, uh, on my I've got my notes here. NYJ at COL. I don't know why I've done that, but apparently that's supposed to be CHI. Um, but there we go. Yeah, typo, never mind. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I think uh, the Bears should take this. If their defence can step up, uh, they can put Donald under some pressure. Donald, as we've been talking about probably for a few weeks now, uh, can't keep track. We say it so often. He's become very turnover happy, uh, just like in college. So, he should have the Bears be licking their lips, really. Uh, the fact that he's been fumbling the ball and throwing picks. Um, the Bears defence, obviously, we've been talking about this as well, is, is really taking a step and it's built the strength of that, that team now. And yeah, I think they'll they'll be the key to victory in this one. That'll be the side of the ball that will really power the Bears to the win, I would say. Mm. And then obviously flip over, we've mentioned this at the top of the podcast, but the fact that they've lost Bill Arpal, um is really gonna hurt the Jets, I think. Him and Crowell are a pretty decent tandem, um, but with half that duo gone, I don't think Crowell have the same impact on his own. I think they sort of spell each other quite nicely. Yeah. Um obviously anyone who listens to the podcast or know that I've been a big fan of what the Bears have been doing on offence, uh, just waiting for it to click. And I think this is a game that will circle. And they might try a few things, actually, and against this Jets team that won't challenge them too much. Mm. And uh, I think, yeah, Chicago will come out of this with a win. And maybe a bit of a momentum builder for them moving forward in sort of the grand scheme of things of what they're trying to do. Yeah, maybe the line for the line for this one is seven and a half, <coughs> excuse me, seven and a half point favourites are Chicago Bears over under 45 here. Um, yeah, so obviously you see probably something different than I do in Chicago, but um, yeah, it might just need uh, when it all finally clicks into place, they might they may look uh, half decent, but obviously very tough division there, so it's a it's a, a must win game, and it's one obviously that they they think they sh- they should quite comfortably win as the betting uh, would suggest. So let's move on to San Francisco, Arizona, the two teams that are one and six. Which is a bit surprising, really, you know, considering how how tough and San Francisco have tried to play this year. They've been a bit unlucky with all the injuries, obviously, that they they're in the position they they are in. Uh, Arizona, obviously, is slightly different. They've just been woeful. Um, both teams suck against the run. Arizona conceded the most rushing touchdowns with with twelve. San Francisco not too far behind with seven. But Arizona are the worst uh, against the run, giving up 148 yards on the ground at rushing per game. But funny enough, actually, considering that they give up 148 yards on the ground per game, the longest run that they've ever given they've given up in one single play is 34 yards. So you'd, you'd expect maybe a couple of biggies there, but only four, 34 yards, which which I thought was actually quite interesting stat because I am a loser. Um, a fancy football. Um, obviously, you're starting your running backs on the back of those stats, uh, but I think uh, Matt Brader obviously 
dies and comes back to life again. He is the uh, the NFL version of Wolverine, so just be a bit wary of him. That if you start him, he could uh, go down with an injury and. Uh, Maybe be out for good this time for the rest of the season if he's not careful. But obviously you're starting David Johnson. It'd be interesting to see how they use him now. Obviously Mike McCoy has left the building. Josh Rosen could be a bit of a sleeper uh, for me in this game. Bit going against the grain a little bit. Obviously Christian Kirk as well. Uh, always, always has that big play in him. But not really too much to report uh, in this one for the NFC West bottom of the barrel six-pointer. <laughs> yeah, it's not, it's not something that anyone can really tune into apart from the fans of each team really. That it's just... Yeah, the 49ers will probably win. They've been a bit better. Like you say, they've been really unlucky with injuries. Um, the Cardinals are just abject, really, aren't they? They're just not doing anything. They're going to be battling after the Raiders for that number one pick uh, for next year. Um, they should be looking at you know, their, should be looking at their draft strategy already. Yeah. For me. I think I think quite a lot of uh, I tell you people that w- will be watching it that aren't San Francisco and Arizona fans are D- uh, David Johnson fancy owners just so that if he has a big game they can say finally yeah then trade him off. <laughs> Is that, are you still one of those? You've not got rid of him yet. I still have him. I still, I, do you know what? I, I looked at Arizona's schedule. Uh, they've got the bye next week, but the uh, coming out of that, they've got a really favourable schedule. Um, so if I can just hold you off long enough, I'll, I'll get it up in front of me. But yeah, from a fantasy perspective, uh, David Johnson's got a really, really favourable schedule next couple of weeks. So obviously they've got 49ers uh, this week. Oh, that's 49ers. Why did I do that? I want the Cardinals. Dope. Um, <laughs> I can't see. I'm a man. I can't do two things at once. Let me just get that up very quickly. Do, do, do. Yeah, 49ers, then they're by, then they've got the Chiefs, the Raiders, the uh, Chargers, Packers, Lions, and Falcons, and Rams. So, you know, for, for a run, against the run, those teams aren't great as a, as a collective. I mean, I don't believe you're using the podcast to try and sell David Johnson for the listeners and anyone who might be an artist. <laughs> oh, no, I'm not selling him. I'm quite happy to keep him. Give me, give me, give me, that, give me that schedule for anyone, for any rusher. Talking about Patrick Peterson being a smoke screen, I think we're seeing a smoke screen here. So much smoke, so much smoke. I've seen, I've seen, I've seen less smoke round the back of a bike sheds of a secondary school. (laughs) But anyway, enough about enough about my childhood. Um, (laughs) Moving on. uh, Next up for you is uh, is now actually the Indianapolis Colts, and they travel to Oakland. Yeah, it is. Um, So obviously, we've just spoken about. Yeah, a really terrible game, and this is the same ilk, I would say. Uh, not <laughs> the when we listen to this back, and when the other people listen to it, uh, they'll probably hear the enthusiasm drained from my voice by the <laughs> Cardinals versus the 49ers, and it's the, the drain is still there for this one. Uh, I'm not really excited about this at all. Uh, I guess I'll take Indy. Uh, I can't really back Oakland with what they're doing to their roster and what they're doing to their fans. Having a, having, um, having a quicker fire sale um, than Debenhams. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I don't think India are great either. Um, they're, they're not bad, to be fair. You know, they, they've got some sort of green shoots of recovery because I keep mentioning about other teams and other teams that haven't got it. Um, but obviously, this is exactly what Oakland want. They just want to tank at this point and look towards using their 59 picks in the first round of the next you know, couple of drafts. Uh, I don't think this will be high scoring. I think this could either be just horrendous or... You know, one of those that you just get surprised by, but I think this could be something like 13 to 10 or something like that. I just, I've got no sort of enthusiasm for this game whatsoever. Sorry if you're an Oakland or a Colts fan to listen to me drone my way through that. 
No, I mean, yeah, there is that, and I, I really like, um, I really like the, the Andrew Luck and, and T.Y. Hilton in this game. Uh, like I say, Oakland are just tanking. Oakland are three-point underdogs in this one, which doesn't really surprise me. I do fancy the Colts uh, in this one, but the over/under of fifty here, I'm not a big fan of really. But it's, it could be, it could be a wild game. Uh, but yeah, it could be, it could be a sneaky high scorer. But I, I certainly like from the uh, from the Colts side, just start most, uh, especially Marlon Mack, T.Y. Hilton. Uh, Eric Ebron and all the rest and then Jared Cook is the only person you can really start at Oakland because uh, he's the only person left <laughs> yeah pretty much mm. uh, yeah I guess you yeah you can start your Colts but if you've got any Oakland players I don't even know if you get anything on trade for them to try and get rid of them no. they just they just don't want to win so I don't think you should have any sort of aspirations of winning with their players no you'll only, you'll only get something if Jerry Jones is in your league as a GM <laughs> and it's only if it's, it's dynasty and he's got a first round pick to burn but enough of that um, just circling back to the San Francisco Arizona game didn't give you the bet in there uh, San Francisco one point favourites on the road there 42 and a half is the under over but let's move on to uh, probably the highlight for me uh, of the week Green Bay Packers travel to LA in the Coliseum to take on the undefeated Rams uh, this one could be just offense, offense, and offense. Uh, Packers fourth in, in total offense, 421 yards per game. But obviously, that's uh, pe- that's nothing compared to the Rams. First in total in rushing yards, 153 yards per game, and in total off- offense, 446 yards per game. A lot of offense in this one. Cooper Cup won't be a part of it though. He's I think he's doubtful and unlikely to pay uh, to play. Uh, obviously, with the injury he suffered a couple of weeks ago. Green Bay obviously coming back off the bye. They're 3-2-1. Uh, again, it's really imperative that they... Uh, I think they can keep it close here. Uh, Green Bay are 9.5 underdogs. I mean, when have you ever seen Green Bay at nearly a 10-point underdog? Uh, yeah, that's way too big. That's We've way too big. Aaron Rodgers, um, yeah. uh, led team. What's the, what's the over-under? Is it like 80? 80. Uh, 56 and a half. God, that's way too low. Mm. I'd get on that. This could be a high scorer. Yeah. Uh, the aren't yeah, great in, on, on defence. and The Rams have not, for all their star-studded names that they've got on their defence, they've not yeah. been as good as expected, no. I would say. No, no, um, no. So, and obviously, if you think if this is going to get close at some point late, you'd back Aaron Rodgers over Jared Goff, even though Jared Goff is playing very well. Mm. So, I'm get that disclaimer in there. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's just, what Aaron Rodgers does and that could be you know this could be the first defeat for the Rams uh, I'm, I don't know if I'm willing to put my neck on the line and say that I think they'll win but I think this is going to be a really good game I think it's going to be close don't think it, I disagree with what you said at the top I don't think it's game of the week I think that's the next game that we'll talk about but uh, it's going to be a great game nonetheless mm. um, and yeah I think uh, this is going to be a firecracker so you know if you're going to you're going to watch anything uh, later on it's definitely going to be this one for yeah. the second slot of the, the Sunday night yeah, firecracker indeed. Obviously, that is uh, more of next week's set of games. Obviously, with uh, fireworks night approaching, uh, but you've kind of blow, uh, blown your rocket a bit early there, Lee. But never mind. <laughs> just, just a bit more on the injury news. Obviously, Rogers coming off the bye, he should be a bit more healthier now with his knee troubles that he's been having. But Geronimo Allison and Randall Cobb should be back for this one as well. From a fantasy perspective, pretty much start everyone apart from the defenses. Um, don't I? I Shudder to think who you'd start in the Green Bay backfield because no doubt you'll get it wrong. But if um, you, the Rams do what they've done all season and get out to an early, Ty Montgomery could be a decent sleeper pick in PPR leagues. Um, but yeah, if you start anyone really in this game, you should you should pretty much be okay. Devontae Adams could have, could have a big game exploiting that that secondary there uh, of the Rams, which has not been as watertight as maybe some thought going into the season. But let's uh, talk about your game of the week then, Lee. New Orleans Saints travel to Minnesota. Will it be a replay of the uh, miracle in Minnesota? Well, it's the rematch, isn't it? The revenge game. We love a bit of revenge, as we said earlier. 
Uh, yeah, I think this is game of the weekend. Obviously, we love a bit of revenge. There's always a bit of, bit of needle involved when there's a revenge match in the air. It's not just like, <laughs> a, you know, a, what was the other one last week? Willie Sneed revenge game. Yeah. It's not that. It's a revenge <laughs> game from a big playoff loss uh, for the Vikings, who obviously were going for their home Super Bowl. Uh, before the season started and when the, when the sort of fixtures and the schedules came out, obviously this would have been circled by a lot of people. And, you know, the team, neither, neither team has been as good as last year, I would say, overall. But this, this shouldn't disappoint. This is going to be really good. I think the fact that, that neither defence is playing quite as well would actually add to the add to the flavour of this one. It should mean that there'll be a lot of offence again. Uh, they're both offences are playing to a high standard, and that's just a recipe for points, I would say. Mm. Uh, Minnesota, however, a bit short. Short-handed at corner, missing Mike Hughes, who's out for the season, uh, and Trey Waynes as well. I think I don't think he's out for the season, but he's definitely going to miss Sunday, yeah. uh, which means uh, you know potentially a big game for Michael Thomas. Uh, maybe Trey Pond Swift as well, as obviously we've mentioned he's sort of standing for Ted Ginn yeah. as the sort of spooster. Uh, so it's a big reason why I'm backing the Saints for this one. I think mm-hmm. the fact that they're a bit short-handed at corner um, will mean that they'll get the get the win on this one. Uh, I think, you know, start everyone, the scoreboard's going to be lighting up on a regular basis for this one. Mm. Um, I think Marshall Lattimore might um, trail with Thielen. So I don't think he'll get 100 yards this this game. Um, I think they'll try and lock him down. That doesn't mean obviously they've got Stefan Diggs on the other side, but, um, yeah, I think they'll put a lot of resources into stopping Thielen and that'll go some way to stopping Minnesota, I would say. Yeah, Davin Cook, obviously, uh, slightly to miss this one as well. I don't think they'll see him uh, this side of the bye. Uh, who was the other one I had here? Uh, do, 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 do. Yeah, I mean, the, the over-under here is 52, so I'm, I'm sure you'll be all over the, the overs on that one. And Saints are one-point underdogs, um, which maybe, mm, yeah, maybe slightly, uh, that's probably just about right, I suppose. Uh, but yeah, yeah, it would be a good game. Be interesting to see how how they come out and play. Uh, yeah, but like you say, you're pretty much starting everyone. Oh, Everson Griffin um, for for Minnesota, I think, is going to be back for this one. I think I think he's returned to train obviously with his mental health issues. Okay, yeah, I mean, it makes a difference. But the Saints have got a good offensive line, so you kind of he's a good player, obviously Griffin, but he's he's sort of going against the strength of the Saints yeah. uh, in that one. Yeah, no, that's fine. Yeah, it should be a good one. Uh, what won't be a good one is Monday Night Football, however. New England Patriots in the AFC East Clash travelling to Buffalo to play the Bills. Uh, Buffalo are 14-point underdogs here in a 44-over-under. Uh, um, there's not really much to see here, to be quite honest. I don't think Sonia Michelle's going to play you know, before himself, if you think it otherwise. Uh, they haven't really done much on, on the on the front of signing anyone, so Kenyon Barner looks to be the guy that's going to be stepping up as well to share the backfield with James White. But I assume it would be uh, mainly a predominantly James White backfield. Uh, but you're starting Tom Brady. Gronkowski, like we said at the top of the show, he's a bit doubtful. I'm gonna, I would assume that he was not going to play. So I'm actually quite liking Chris Hogan in this one, who had six, uh, six targets or six receptions last week. I can't remember which one it was. But last couple of weeks, uh, he's actually his target share has gone up a little bit. And obviously, you're starting Julian Edelman anyway. Uh, and New England Patriots, not a, you know, you, you can find a lot worse defenses to start and stream uh, for Week Eight. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I'm really shocked that they're only 14 point underdogs. To be honest. Um, you might have picked up a little laugh when that got announced just as you were talking. But yeah, why risk Gronk in this one, to be honest? Obviously, it's a game that they will expect to take care of. There's no point in putting their sort of star offensive uh, receiver out there when he could potentially get injured, especially when he's just coming back. Give him another week's worth of rest, uh, take him out of the firing line. And like I said, like I said at the top of the podcast, just make sure he's back for playoffs. Because um, obviously, they'll probably get there, most likely, uh, almost certain. Yeah. And then, yeah. The love goes, you know, with the with the lack of 
not an actual runner in Stoke Sonny Michelle, Kenyon Barner. I guess they're just not signing anyone because so they can save a bit of money for a week because yeah, they're not yeah. going to need anyone for this game. No, no. Uh, Tom throw it around to whoever he likes. Uh, he's probably going to spread the love. Uh, so you could probably back a few Patriots because it's going to be high scoring, so there could be a, a few different sort of time scorers. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, you, you just sort of cash in on whoever you play there for the yeah. Patriots. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, that pretty much rounds up your Week 8 preview. Let's get to the fantasy side of, side of things, Lisa. Let's start at the quarterback position. Who's your, who is your, your start of the week? Uh, my start of the week would be Andrew Luck. Um, I, I know we just mentioned him, you know, not being very enthusiastic about the the Colts in this Raiders game. Uh, but if he can cut out the, the um, turnovers, sorry, uh, he, he should be able to light up this defence. He's been throwing quite a lot of touchdowns, quite a lot of yards, been throwing quite a lot. Um, and he's just been throwing a few interceptions and making a few turnovers. If he can cut that out, he should have a pretty monster score, I would say. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. He was me. I, I've, I, I write two down for every position just in case you take one of mine. He was about, he was the second one I write down, so that's not too bad. Uh, my one is uh, Andy Dalton. Uh, like I say, he they're, they're in a prime bounce back spot there from from their Morley and from prime time uh, home to the Buccaneers who can't defend anyone. And I just think he's got the weapons there. He's got Joe Mixon out of the backfield as well that he can pass to. So I think he'll he'll have a, a really good game there. So yeah, I actually picked him up in one of the leagues. They, they, check your waiver wires because there'd be quite a lot of leagues that uh, that dropped Andy Dalton. Uh, so yeah, just go and, go and check him. He'll be a very good pickup for you uh, as, your, as your second quarterback. Um, running back position, Lee, who you got? Uh, running back position for this one, I, I mentioned him earlier, but James Conner, um, just the Browns just cannot defend the run. Uh, obviously, I saw it first time against the Chargers, just outside runs the whole time, uh, and the Browns just didn't adjust to it and couldn't stop it. They, it's not even as though we did anything sort of out of the ordinary or you know no trick plays really or anything like that, uh, and they just didn't stop it. So you've just got to play anyone in back against the Browns until they show evidence that I say this all the time about backing things until things stop happening. You yeah. keep doing things. That's what the NFL teams do. If they spot a play that the defence can't stop, then they just keep doing it. Yeah. I think they play with the same mindset. Um, if, you know, if you come up against a team for a player who's got a matchup against a team who can't stop something, then play them if they do that well. And James Conner's been playing really well. Mm. Yeah, like it. Like a lot. I've gone for James White. Uh, I did have uh, Marlon Mack in, in brackets, but I've gone with... Uh, with obviously, we've gone Luck and my... Wide receiver is going to be T.Y. Hill, which I'll get into shortly. But James White again, you know, he's pretty much the only the only guy there. He's like the uh, Will Smith meme uh, in Fresh Prince of Bel Air, where he's just the only one in the room, uh, pretty much in that backfield. I know Kenyon Barner's there, but you know James White's going to be trusted. Whether or not they maybe wrap him in quite more a little bit it could be quite interesting. So it could be a Kenyon Barner game, to be quite honest. There, you know, the, the Patriots have a habit of of bringing up random people like Jonas Gray had those couple of hundred yard rushing games a couple of years ago and. You know, they just—he's probably now a dustman, to be quite honest. But so uh, yeah, James White, be interesting to see it. I, I assume he'd get a full workload until it gets out of hand there in Buffalo. Uh, but especially in PBR, James White is as uh, safe as they come in terms of uh, high floors. Yeah, definitely. Obviously, he's going to be receiving some balls out of the backfield as well. So, yeah. and like I say, the Patriots are throw it all over. Uh, I expect him to spread the love. Uh, yeah. Sorry, but yeah, he's a good shout, definitely. Yeah. Okay, let's move to wide receiver then. So I gave mine away already. T.Y. Hilton. I think the uh, DFS double of Andrew Luck and, and T.Y. Hilton could be uh, not one that many people go for th- this week. So, um, you know, it could be a bit of under-the-radar double up there. Obviously, T.Y. Hilton, had, whilst he had the two touchdowns last week, didn't really get much in the way of yardage or targets. So it could be the breakout week for those two finally. You know, they've got the matchup against Oakland. Don't care if it's away, but Oakland uh, are nothing uh, whatsoever. You know, um, 
So I'm quite happy to have T.Y. Hilton. Who have you gone for at wide receiver? So for me, I've gone for Sterling Shepard in this one. Uh, obviously, we've got the Odell versus Josh Norman revenge game. It's become a revenge podcast, really, hasn't it? Today? Revenge. Um, and that'll maybe be taking a lot of attention, maybe taking a lot of obstacles of Redskins from one corner uh, out of the equation, uh, which might leave Sterling Shepard working out the slot against Kendall Fuller. Um, you know, quite a bit of space to manoeuvre, and he had a monster game last week. Uh, so I'm looking for maybe a repeat of that. And uh, uh, yeah, quite a few points uh, coming that way because of that. Yeah, interesting one you've gone for there, Shepard. That's uh, didn't didn't have him on my radar whatsoever. But obviously had a decent game against the Falcons, but I suppose everyone does these days. Um, but yeah, be interesting to see uh, your call on Shepard there. Quite an interesting one. Okay, uh, tight end position. Let's wrap this start wrapping this up. Uh, I've gone for CJ uh, Uzumar again off the off the back of Dalton. Obviously, I think he'll have a good game. Uh, Buccaneers can't can't defend anyone, uh, so yeah, he's a guy that might be on your waivers as well. So go pick him up, and he could be uh, a low. A low value on on DFS daily fantasy plays as well, so he's my he's my tight end position. But it's not it's not a tight it's not a position you can get excited about really. No, not at all. Um, we'll, I'll move through this. We'll probably start mentioning the same names as the weeks roll on now because we're just getting so thin at the position. Um, mine's obviously it's not it's not something that it's sort of revolutionary thinking. But Trey Burton is my one against this Jets uh, defense. I think the Bears are going to put a big one. Maybe I'm just a massive Bears truther nowadays. Um, I think he quite a lot of his Bears offence. The Los Angeles uh, Bears. Uh, Titans, truth uh, to begin the season. Uh, that's sort of sort of gone by the wayside now. Now I'm massively a fan of the Bears. Mm. Uh, but yeah, I think Trey Burton could have a big game going over the middle there uh, against the Jets. Yeah, I mean, so Trey Burton, I had him in as my second. So yeah, I, I certainly agree with you there. I'm not going to argue. Um do you think he's been a bust this season at tight end position, considering obviously the money you went for, the draft capital that you've put into him? Do you, do you consider him a bust? Uh, no, I wouldn't actually. Um, I think the Bears' offense hasn't quite clicked as everyone imagined it would be. Uh, the reason why I like it so much is because I can see where I think it will click in the future. Right. I don't think it's been great. I'm not. I'm not sat here saying the Bears are you know one of the best offensive teams in the league. I just think that they've got the, the ingredients in position. I'm just waiting for it to come together. Mm. Uh, it'll be next year. Uh, Burton's been good. He's been a good part of the offense. He's been used in creative ways, and I think that'll be coming more to fruition next year. But no, I mean, it's too early to say the bust. Uh, obviously, he's only half a season into his his sort of new deal, his new uh, team. Yeah. Um, so no, not it's too early yet. Yeah. If he's still playing like this, and if the Bears are still playing like this, yeah. maybe after a quarter of the season next year, then you know we can sort of write write them off, and you know I'll be massively incorrect in what I'm just been saying, and I have been for quite a few weeks. Well, no, I mean like in standard scoring fantasy league, he's, he's tight end five, um, which is not really sounds sounds impressive, but obviously tight end position is so thin. I mean inside the top ten, you've got. Uh, Travis Kelsey, Zaka, Sarah Kebron, George Kittle, Trey Burton, Jared Cook, OJ Howard, Austin Hooper, Rob Bogkowski, David Njoku, uh, and Jimmy Graham. Um, which are the, I suppose the, most of those names, maybe apart from Austin Hooper, that you'd ex- kind of expect to be in there. But yeah, top five, I suppose. You can't really ask for much much else than that. But 325 receiving yards and four touchdowns on the season. I suppose it's just those four touchdowns. I think that's second among all tight ends. Uh, Eric Ebron, obviously, even the way... Uh, with six, but yeah, I suppose tight end five fantasy football. I suppose you pick him in the fifth, fifth fourth, fifth, sixth round uh, in drafts. I suppose that's a good enough return. I suppose at the position, obviously, much better than if you had picked up Gronk. I suppose so. There is that. Yeah, exactly, and I think it's that red zone usage. That's where he's used really creatively. Yeah, and, you know, on these little shovel passes, and uh, obviously he can throw a touchdown as we saw in the Super Bowl. 
Uh, can't recall whether he's done that for the Bears, but I'm, I'm sure they'll mix it in at some point. Uh, maybe not in the same play, but maybe in a different play. And, yeah. You know, they've got a creative offensive coordinator uh, there, and I'm sure he'll dream of ways to use him and continue to do so yeah. in different ways. Yeah, and I mean, the four above him, Kittle, Ebron, Ertz and Kelsey, have all, haven't had their bye either, so he's had the bye. And he's, I mean, he's a couple of points off of those lot, but um, yeah, no, that's about, I suppose. Obviously, I just think the perception, obviously, everyone's thinking he's going to come out with 20 like Eric Ebron games and 20 points and 20, 30, 30 points, but it's obviously hasn't really worked out that way. Just a, just maybe a little you know, tangent there was quite an interesting uh, journey we went on. But let's, uh, let's round it off then with uh, defences. Quite a few de- uh, defences to stream this week, in my opinion, so I'll let you start off first. Uh, yeah, no, there's, there's actually quite a few. There's actually quite a few like mismatches. Play with the Bengals um, because James Winston loves a loves a turnover. Mm. Uh, you could like, say you could say that quite like, about quite a lot. Um, James Winston just never really progressed in my mind from mm. where he's he's sort of the same player as he was the day he's been drafted. Mm. Out of Florida State, he's not matured and not sort of got the game awareness where he's not going to throw a pick and doesn't pull back from making that dodgy throw into that tight area. And he still does it, and I think you know, the Bengals need a, sort of to get back on track. I think this is the game for it. They've got good corners, they've got good safeties, so um, who have got quite a few interceptions and turnovers, and you know there's always fumbles as well because they've got pretty ferocious front seven, uh, front four, good pass rushers. I think they could be all over him. Cool. Yeah, I mean, I've gone for a couple, so I just uh, I'll just reel them off here. New New England, obviously Buffalo. It's uh, no need to really talk about that one really too much. Uh, Colts uh, Raiders could be it could be a good one under the radar one that probably be on your waiver wires, and then two ones that probably won't be Washington and uh, Philadelphia. Uh, they could Philadelphia could put a, up a decent defensive performance there, obviously against the uh, the hapless Jags on offense. So I suppose that pretty much does us for week eight, Lee. Uh, yeah, I would say so. Um... Yeah, I've not nothing more to add, to be honest. Mm. Uh, just, yeah, I've, I did write a couple of sits down, so um, just for the sake of it, I suppose. But I've uh, running back, Carlos Hyde, Alex Collins, wide receiver, Devin Funches, um, wide, uh, tight end, um, Cameron Bray. I know he's had the touchdown last couple of weeks, but um, OJ, it seemed to be OJ Howard's show. And also the Jags on defence, I'd probably just sit them, to be honest, the way they're playing at the moment. But uh, any anyone that stick out to you at all? Uh, big sit. Let me just go back to my notes. Sorry, one second. Ah, sorry, this is really bad. This is... Yeah, sorry, I'll, uh, I'll put you on the spot. <laughs> yeah, because I kind of concentrate on starts more. I kind of think of the positives rather than the negatives, to be honest. Uh, no, I've not really got anyone anyone worth uh, thinking of. Maybe Isaiah Crowell, like I said earlier in my sort of rundown of that game. Yeah. Uh, I think he's going to be sort of less effective about his sort of backfield partner. Yeah. Just uh, any, any Buffalo yeah. Bill. Any what, sorry? Any Buffalo Bill. Well, yeah, I mean... You know, that, <laughs> I, get, I should get out of jail free card. <laughs> yeah, I mean, every, every week. Right, yeah, okay. Well, I'm going to go and talk to... Uh, well, I'm not going to go and talk to Adam because we're going to do, do it slightly differently this week. But um, I'm after this, I'm obviously going to head off to Wembley. So, Lee, I will see you and speak to you next week. And obviously, we'll have Scott on the show as well. Yes, have a good one. Have a good one. I hope you enjoy it as much as me. Hope you see a good game. Um you know, like we say, we're maybe not expecting it, but I hope you do. Hope you have a good uh, day. Hope you, you know, mingle. I get a few beers in the tailgate, and uh, I'll be looking forward to hearing about your stories from that one. Yeah, I'm not sure if I'll have any urinal stories to share, just like like yours on uh, on, on Tuesday. But, <laughs> but yeah, I'll, I'll try my best. Make sure you have regular toilet breaks. <laughs> um, okay, time to talk money with Adam. Adam. 
Cha-ching indeed. It's time, uh, of course, on the podcast to win you some quiche. And we're going to do it a bit differently today. Unfortunately, obviously, we are recording on the Thursday as by the time you are listening to this, I'll be driving uh, down towards London to the Jaguars-Eagles game. So I have to record it now. So the anytime touchdown scorers and the outsiders uh, will be put up on Sunday on our Twitter page and on the website as well at full10yards.com slash punting. So look out for them on there. Um, so essentially what this uh, this segment is going to be is just me going to be me giving you all my tips and then Adam uh, with a pre-recorded voice message giving you all his tips as well for the week. We'll be back to normal next week. It's just obviously the schedule has, has changed things up a little bit. Uh, so I'm going to start off with my, my money line uh, accumulator. Start off with, uh, now I know I do it every week, but it seems to be, um, seems to be jinxing them. So I'm going to continue to do it until they start winning. Uh, Philadelphia, obviously uh, away in air quotes to Jacksonville. Kansas City, Cincinnati, Washington, and Indianapolis. Uh, very strong fivefold there. I think eight to one at Marathon Bet is more than uh, handy for for that. Quite fancy that. Although Philadelphia hopefully will let us down once again, which is a bit bad, really, to 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 be, <laughs> to be suggesting that. But ho hum, they, they should win. Uh, you know, they should win most of the games they've played this season. But uh, they they haven't done so. But yeah, essentially, you're you're boosting the the odds up there for your accumulator. So handicap treble. I'm uh, going to go Cincinnati minus four and a half. Green Bay, uh, Green Bay plus nine and a half. That's just a that's just a massive a massive number to give Aaron Rodgers. And then uh, New England, uh, the line is now fourteen, but I've, minus thirteen and a half. I've gone for just in case something funny happens and it's fourteen uh, and goes down to the double. The treble, the treble there pays five point eight two to one at Betfred. Quite like those. Quite fancy to, uh, two or three of those. Quite quite strongly actually. Uh, be interesting to see if they are my naps or next bests. For the total points, I've gone over 56 in the Green Bay uh, Los Angeles Rams line. I think I think that's just you know two big offenses there. You know the, the top five offenses in the league, uh, both going at it. Defenses aren't great, so it should be a lot of points there at the Coliseum. Um, the other over I've gone for is San Francisco at Arizona. Now I know uh, there's not much confidence in these two teams to put up a lot of points, but the uh, run defenses aren't the greatest there for these two teams. So it could uh, be a sneaky high-scoring game in NFC West. Both teams obviously one and uh, one and six, so not too much to play for. So it could be uh, handbrakes off, uh, stabilizers off, and, and all gung all gung ho. Be interesting to see how Arizona play on offense, obviously with Mike McCoy leaving. And then to finish it off, I've gone under for Sunday Night Football: New Orleans at Minnesota. Uh, of course, the uh, the stage of the miracle in Minnesota last year in the playoffs, but under 52 and a half there. I don't think this would be as high scoring maybe as some think. I know the defenses haven't played well on both sides of the ball, but this one could be a bit cagey. Might see the first half. You know, I certainly expect the second half to have more points than the first. They might just fill each other out a little bit there in the first. Uh, my upset of the week, I've gone for Green Bay, 7-2. I mean, when was the last time you saw 7-2 on Green Bay uh, to, to win a game? So quite happy to take those as my upset. They have more than a, a decent chance of winning that. Um, for my anytime, so I'll give you my anytime touchdown scorers, the treble. Again, no prices up at the moment, so I can't quote any prices for those. But three I've gone for, Joe Mixon at home against Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who can't defend anyone. Should be um, should be a bit odd on maybe 4-6, 8-13 territory for Joe Mixon. Uh, David Johnson, I would assume, would usually be around the even money price. And T.Y. Hilton should have another good game like and follow on from his t- two touchdowns last week um, against Oakland this week. Uh, he should be, again, should be around the 11 to 10 area. So hoping for, I know, evens. What's that? Two, four. Anywhere around six, six, seven to one for those three uh, would, would be quite handy, but we have to see when the prices go up. Uh, a couple of names just to that I'm considering for the outsiders: Jordan Reed could be a decent price, uh, Raheem Mostart, Geronimo Allison, 
Chris Hogan and Christian Kirk. But again, we'll decide uh, all of those when we put it up on the uh, on the website on Sunday and also obviously um, on, on our Twitter page as well at Full 10 Yards, don't forget. So that, all that leaves us left to do is the nap and next best. So my next best this week is Washington Redskins to beat the New York Giants at about even money. They are, I, I can't believe they're one point, uh, one point underdogs for this game. They, they should be outright favourites, to be quite honest. Don't care if they're playing away. Washington are by far and away a better team than the New York Giants, top of the NFC East, which I know doesn't really say much the, the, for this season, but... The Giants are going absolutely nowhere. That that defense is uh, has been playing really tough last couple of weeks, uh, not including their bye, obviously. Uh, but my nap is going to be David Johnson, anytime touchdown scorer. Again, no price to really quote on this one, so you just have to wait and see. But hoping it around uh, the even money shot uh, era. Uh, yeah, I just think he'll get in the end zone. I think he'll he'll get he'll see a hell of a lot more of the ball than he did under Mike McCoy's tenure. Um, so I'm, I'm going to have him as my nap. Uh, to, to get into the end zone obviously our nap my nap streak ended last week so I wasn't too happy about that with the Atlanta Falcons and New York Jets uh, New York Giants rather not managing to get over the total points there but we're going to go go back in again uh, healthy profit last week obviously we had the handicap treble I think we had the anytime um, touchdown treble which ended up being a double obviously Melvin Gordon leaving uh, not not participating in that game but we'll, we'll post up all the uh, all the profits in that and you can see them on the website so now it's time to hand over to Adam Okay, it's that time of the week where I try and win you some quiche. Just a quick update on last week. We were screwed on our money line bets by the Eagles once again. Not the first time they've let me down this year. It's very frustrating. I shall not be trusting them again. Tim won his handicap treble at nearly 7-1. to one. He had Giants plus 5.5, Saints plus 3, New England Patriots minus 2.5. Nice one. I was let down by the 49ers not being able to keep it close. That uh, hit me a little bit. I was not expecting that. The points treble. Tim was let down by the Giants versus Atlanta, which was also his nap. He was going over 54.5. He finished on 43. I was let down by the somehow by the Chiefs and Cincinnati Bengals. They finished on 55 points. I had them over 58. The uh, anytime trebles. We both had Melvin Gordon who didn't play, but... It was irrelevant because OBJ let him, I tell a lie, OBJ and Thielen both came in for him. So he had a nice win on his anytime treble, which turned out to be a double, probably around 3-1. to one. I was let down by Mark Ingram, but I did have two outsiders. One, Demetrius Harris, the tight end for the Chiefs, 11-2, and the other one, Dak Prescott, 9-2 anytime. So I think I probably made a decent amount of profit last week on these ones. As I said earlier, we both won our next best. The Patriots minus two and a half was Tim's. And mine was Vikings, New York Jets over 46 points. Both around 10 to 11. Tim also hit his upset of the week going for the Saints 25 to 19. Which is incredibly random price uh, against the Ravens. That was because of Justin Tucker's first miss in something like 220 attempts at extra points. But a win's a win, and I'll uh, be honest, I was on it elsewhere. So I'm very happy with that one. So on to this week. As you may have noticed, I'm flying solo this week due to scheduling issues. So I apologise if this is a bit of a mess. I'm not really used to talking to myself. Uh, my money line bet for this week is the Pittsburgh Steelers... KC Chiefs, Chicago Bears, Indianapolis Colts, and the LA Rams. That they are pretty big favourites, I'll be honest. 
So the five of them only comes to about three to one. The Steelers are playing the Browns, coming off a bye week. They are going to be looking healthy, and they're going to be up for this one after getting embarrassed by only drawing with them in the first game of the season. The Chiefs are playing Denver for the second time. The Broncos kept them within, I think, five in the first time round. But the Chiefs at home, and the way they played last week, they should be able to destroy them. The Bears are playing the Jets. The Jets are a little bit risky, because who knows who's going to turn up for them. They signed Rashad Matthews this week, which gives them much-needed wide receiver backup. But I have no idea how he's going to be. Uh, Robbie Anderson has a mid-to-high ankle sprain, which is probably going to rule him out. Quincy Nunn was out, so they're struggling. And Bilal Powell is also out at running back, which doesn't help them. Uh, the Colts go to Oakland. Uh, don't really like taking a road team, but the Raiders look like they're blowing everything up and starting again. So the Colts getting, well, I think they're minus three points. Uh, I'll happy, I'll happily take that. The Rams are hosting the Packers. The Packers can put up points, but they're going to concede too many to keep up with the Rams. So as I say, around three to one for that. Not the best of odds for the five of them, but Pittsburgh, KC, Chicago Bears, Indianapolis Colts, the Rams, three to one. Uh, my handicap treble this week is the Panthers. They are at home and getting two and a half points somehow. Uh, I find this a very weird handicap. The Ravens do have a very good defence, but the Panthers seem to be able to grind out results. And while I don't think it'll be a very high score, I'm happily going to take the home underdogs in the Carolina Panthers at two, plus 2.5. The Washington Redskins are on the road at the Giants. The Giants are another team, like the Raiders, who are blowing everything up. They are getting rid of players left, right and centre. And I just don't see how they're going to have any motivation to really try and win this game. Despite the fact they have Odell Beckham and Saquon Barkley. The Redskins do have a very good defence, so I can see them keeping it very close. But getting a point, I'll take them doing that. And the other one for me was between the Browns, getting eight points in the Pittsburgh and the 49ers minus one on the road in Arizona. I decided to lean with the 49ers because they lost against the Cardinals. It was the Cardinals' only win of the season. But the 49ers outgained them about 2-1 to one in their first time they played. Um, they'll be on for revenge, and they're just much, much better coached by Shanahan. Uh, my treble of Carolina plus 2.5, Washington plus 1, San Francisco minus 1 is about 6-1. to one. And on to my total bet for the weekend. I've gone for a treble. I have Seattle versus Detroit over 49. I think this could be a sneaky high-scoring game. I'm actually looking forward to this one. It should be a very, very decent game between the two of them. They're both on pretty good form at the moment. The Lions and Seahawks both have fairly good receiving options. They both seem to be leaning towards a ground game, which could cost me on the overs, but I, for some reason I think this could be a quite high-scoring one. I am on over 49 in the Cleveland vs. Pittsburgh game. No, I'm not. I'm lying. I'm on under 49 in the Cleveland vs. Pittsburgh game. It's a divisional game, and the Browns tend to keep it quite close. I think the last six or seven of these have been within three or four points, and the last one was the first game of the season this year, ended in a tie. The Broncos versus the Chiefs, I have gone under 53.5. Again, divisional game, then usually tighter. The Broncos kept them within five this earlier in the season. And the Chiefs 
seem to have improved on defence, so I don't think they're going to concede too many. Trying to get 53 points by yourself is going to be pretty difficult. So, at 6-1, to one, I think Seattle versus Detroit over 49, Cleveland versus Pittsburgh under 49, and Denver versus Casey under 53.5 is a decent bet. That's about it. Given the fact that I'm recording this on Thursday night, there are not many anytime markets up. I have a couple on the game tonight, obviously, and the lines for uh, the Jags versus Eagles game are out of sky bet at the moment, being as it's the final Wembley game, but there was nothing there that jumped out at me, so I shall call it a day on that. My un upset of the week, if you can call it an upset, is Washington plus one at the Giants. As I said earlier, I just think they're by far the better team here. My nap of these ones, if you were going to force me to do this, would be Carolina plus two and a half at home to the Ravens. I may well pick an anytime scorer later in the week, but given the fact we're doing this so early, I will be taking that. And my next best... I do not have it at a moment. I'll leave that until later in the week because there's a lot that's a little bit strange here. So I'll call it a day at that. Fingers crossed whatever you're back in. Hopefully we shall have a decent week. Bye-bye. Okay, that's going to wrap it up for this episode of the Full 10 Yards Podcast. Really hope you enjoyed the listen. Don't forget you can follow us on Twitter at Full 10 Yards. Thanks for listening to the Full 10 Yards Podcast. Follow us on Facebook or Twitter at Full 10 Yards. Or email the show, full10yards at gmail.com. And it's goodbye from me. So in the great words of Kevin Cadle, it's bye-bye for now. Bye-bye.